you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Oh, as the message go on, I hope this will be a day to free you from that. 
number three is. Sacrifice and their sacrifice is totally different. But altogether, but, but if you look at it, 
and what was it that he was really, really trying to convey to the church? What was he trying to get them to believe or to get them to do? And Father, I pray that as we learn this, that we also ourselves would apply this. And I pray, Father, that today we would remove those mentalities of sacrifice and we would remove those mentalities that I need to do something to win the favor of God. So I pray and I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews is a very interesting book. Hebrew was written for the Hebrews or to the Jews. So it addresses Hebrew. The, the writer was not really named. As, as you read through the Hebrews, you would know that the writer was not named. But it's uh, addressed to the Hebrew. Many have tried to figure out who wrote this. But that was not the important part. The important part is why was it being written? To the, to the church, or why? Who was it really written to? So for, for us to understand what was really happening, I think we were to really understand what was being said in Hebrews, we got to have to understand what was going on. Okay? So during the times when Hebrews was written, what was going on with the church was that you got a, a good Jewish population who has now become a believer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the Jewish believers for 1,400 years has been practicing what you call Judaism or the Old Testament practices. But then others, so they came into the gospel of Jesus, okay? So now the other Jews that, that see them, they're basically persecuting them, those who converted from the Old Testament times. So they're getting persecuted from their very own people. So, in fear, and, and I guess in doubt, and in just because they were not sure what the, some of the Jewish believers were doing with that, they were reverting back to their old ways. They were reverting back to Judaism. They were reverting back to what they used to believe before the, the gospel of Jesus Christ was preached to them. And that's why as you read through Hebrews, it will give you, it's a, it's a, it's a sermon slash exhortation. It's a book of sermon and it's also a book of exhortation. So the writer of Hebrew, he was trying to reach to his own, uh, to the Jewish believers who are in a place of doubt, who are in a place of, oh no, I'm scared that my other brothers, my Jewish brothers will persecute me. So the writer begins this uh, sermon outline and exhortation towards the last three chapters. So he begins by saying, look, you are now under Christ. If you go back, if you take it chapter by chapter, the writer says, how can you go back? when Jesus Christ is greater than the angels. Or, and then, so he, he does this very, very, uh, uh, very sermon. It's almost, that's why I, I believe why they thought it was Paul who wrote this, because it's almost aligns with the, with the teachings of Paul. So, but if you were to put it in a, if you were to sum up Hebrews, it's really, the writer was telling the Jewish believer, there's really nothing to you to go back to in the Old Testament. Because Jesus, who we now believe, is much greater than the prophets. He is much greater than the apostles, not the apostles. The 
it to them with a purpose. Okay? You can read this in Exodus chapter 19. When God first gave them the law, God did it in a perfect sense. Okay? In, the, in the sense of creation, it was perfect. It was incomplete. But what you're going to understand is why did he give them the law? My belief is why God gave them the law is really for a purpose of bringing them to the end of themselves. Because in their reaction at Mount Sinai, they were arrogant towards God. So God gave them the law. This is my personal take. Okay? You can read other commentaries. This is my personal take. When God gave them the law, I believe God purposed it that it would bring them to the end of themselves. Because Paul writes in, Paul writes in Romans that nobody can keep the law perfectly. In our, in our weaknesses, we cannot keep the law perfectly. So that's why in God, in giving it, His intention was that they would realize that they cannot keep the law perfectly. And in so doing, when they realize that they've reached the end of themselves, then God is hoping that then they would cry out to a Savior to say, God save us. We cannot do it on ourselves. That's my view why God gave them the law. Okay? That's why it was always intended that what, was, what they were doing was not to be perfect. It was meant to be insufficient. So year after year, it says that year after year, they would offer up sacrifices knowing that it would not completely take away the sins. Okay, amen? Are you still with me? Okay. So that's my take. So in the sense of when God gave them the law, it was perfect, it was complete, there was nothing wrong. Remember, God is, in the, in the account of creation, when God created everything, He says it is good. Okay, so he cannot create something that's bad. He cannot create something that's incomplete. And even in James, it says that every good and perfect gift is what? From above. The Father of lights. So you cannot put two contradicting uh, verses together. You cannot just make a statement that contradicts uh, two other statements or two other verses. So it was incomplete in the sense, in the sight of man, because God purposely wanted them to reach the end of themselves. That when they reach the end of themselves, they would cry out to the Lord, and they would cry out to a Savior. And that's why our sacrifices cannot really take away sins. But that would be so horrible, you wouldn't think. Now, when God also gave them the law, He also gave them stipulations of the law. Okay? Where's my Bible? This you might be familiar with. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Anybody familiar with this? Deuteronomy 28. It's a chapter of the blessings and the cursings. Okay? This is according to the law. Okay? So when God gave them the law, He said, This you must do. And if you can do it, then I will bless you okay? according to your performance. But if you cannot do it, and you disobey it, and you did not fully, fully abide on what I said, then this is what's going to happen. So in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, you don't have to turn there if you have. I'll just give you a summary. 1 to 15 talks about all the blessings. That if you follow everything that I told you, then you will have all these blessings. But 16 to all the way down to next page, it's all the cursing and disobedience. Now, when God gave them the law, He already knew that they cannot fully abide. So why would God do that? Of course, I just said, it's really because to bring them to the end of themselves. So now, you have a system or a law that God 
It's like, why is it that everything is happening so bad with us? The nation of Israel was really because of disobedience, was really because of what they agreed on. So whenever you break, God said, then the curse will fall upon you. And I don't want to read all of it, but uh, it really begins with, first shall you be in the city, first shall you be in the country, first everything in your life will be cursed when you disobey God. So can you imagine that? God knew from the very beginning, if I'm going to give this to them, they will never fully abide in them. And if they cannot, then this will happen. So bringing us to point number two is that our sacrifice cannot really please God. First, it says that our sacrifice cannot take away sin. So going back, uh, I know this is kind of, I'm trying to, um, okay, uh, let's continue. So we got a system that God gave us that he knew from the very beginning we would never fully abide for, for the children. And if they fail, this is what's going to happen. And then, he said, and then we find out in Hebrews that the, the sacrifices that they offered, the sacrifice was, uh, the sacrifice they're offering cannot take away the sin. See, God intended the sacrifice was never really to please God. This is my take again. Okay? The sacrifices was really a means for them to get out of the life of curse. Did you get that? Okay, let me, let me get this going. Okay, let's start, let's start back. Okay? For the law was a shadow. Okay? God gave the nation of Israel a law because in their, in their arrogance, God wants to bring humility in them. So the purpose why God gave them was to bring them to the end of themselves. God knew from the very beginning if I were to give things to them because of their weaknesses, they will never fully abide. But yet I'm going to give them a stipulation. If they fully abide, then this is the blessings that you will receive. But if you break it and you sin, this is the curses that you would get. And God knew that they would fail. God knew that they would be in a curse. So in God's way out for them to be out of the curse, God gave them the sacrifices and the offerings so that their life would not be a perpetual life of curse, so that their life would not be a perpetual life of misery. That's why year after year, as we, as you probably know about this, they call it the Day of Atonement. For the Jewish nation, they call it Yom Kippur, which is really the Day of Atonement, or the Year of Covering. So for every year, the high priest would go into the most holy place and spill the blood, which is to cover the sin. So that's why the sacrifices that we present to God, can you pull up that verse for this, please? It says here, Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offering you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me, in burnt offering and sin offering. If you read this, Without anything else, I was uh, trying to uh, present this to my wife. I said, check this out. I want you to hear it. It says, sacrifices and offering you have not desired, but the body you prepared for me. In burnt offering and sin offering you have not taken, you have taken no pleasure. What? Said, what do you mean? So you mean to say God gave you a sacrifice system, but yet he's not even pleased with it? Can you see it? If you were just to look at it at first glance, it says, Sacrifices and offering you have not desired. So it seems like God was saying, or Jesus was saying, God never was pleased with your sacrifices and offerings. He never took pleasure 
knowledge of God meaning what is what knowledge of God is? Relationship. That's what always God wanted anyway. That's what God always desired anyway. Okay? Amen? Are you still here with me? Okay, so we make two points regarding whatever it is that you give up for less, regarding whatever other nations do for sacrifices. Here in Hebrews it tells us straightforward. Your sacrifices cannot take away your sins. Okay? God decided that the purpose He decided it was that way. And then we just make point number two where it says that our sacrifices cannot please God. So think about it, church. If you, and we can apply this to even believers, because we can have this mentality that in order to win the favor of God, I need to sacrifice my time to Him. Yes? In order to win the favor of God, I need to sacrifice my talent to Him. In order to win the favor of God, I need to sacrifice my Sunday morning to Him. I need to go to church, sacrifice my time to church. Well, going to church is not a sacrifice. That's one reason as a church we, we, we come together. See, you can think that and you can put it in the mind of a believer and it will touch you if you still have that thinking that if I sacrifice something for God, then perhaps I can win the favor of God. But yet he says that he never desired it and he was never pleased with it. Why is that? Because if you gotta, you got to remember, okay, one more verse in Deuteronomy. How can something see if you come? Imagine the worshiper coming. He knows that he's in sin, so he comes to the offering and he comes to the sacrifice. And in his mind, he's thinking, "Oh, by this offering and the sacrifices, then I would win a favor from God. Then I would be loved by God." But yet. Just one more, sorry. I love my page. So if that's the mind of the worshiper coming to God when he presents his sacrifice, how can that be when from the very beginning, coming from 28 verse 58, Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6 and 8, so if you as a worshiper, you're coming to God with this mentality of just thinking, if only I can offer this offering and sacrifice to God, and then perhaps I would win His favor. Then perhaps He would love me even more. No. Situate yourself with the children of Israel. Okay? Sometimes we, we, we jumble up information, we jumble up the Bible. Okay? Here it says in chapter 7, verse 6, You've heard this so many times, I hope. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the people of the face of the earth. I don't know if that made it clear. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor chose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all people. But because the Lord loves you, you are already... Okay. Okay. The nation was already, okay. here's the word, already. They were already a special people. They were already loved by God. They were already set apart. They were already, okay, one more time, they were already a special treasure in the eyes and in the heart of God. So 
Jesus did once, once and for all, that you don't have to have a consciousness of sin year after year, that in that one ultimate sacrifice, our consciousness was removed. But why is it that, like uh, what Pastor Mark was saying last week, why is it then that it seems like we're not living the Sabbath? I think it's the same problem that the Jewish language was having, that the, the writer of Hebrew had to come up. Because there's a lack of belief and there's some lack of knowledge. When we go back to a system, we go back to a belief system, not knowing that the one that we have, Jesus, is more superior than anything on the world. Amen? Verse 8, please. And we'll end with this verse. When he said above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings, and burnt offering and sin offerings, then he added, Behold, I have come through your will, he did the way with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Jesus was sacrificed once, he died once, and that once was enough give us an eternal life. Therefore, there is no other sacrifice that saves. You don't have to go to Lent next year again and begin to do your top ten list. Okay? Amen? Seems like somebody else wants to. Let's pray. Why don't you go ahead and stand up and we'll pray. Father, thank you for today. And Lord, we thank you that in these times that we yes, we, we remember what you have done. But most importantly, we remember that it is a done deal. It is already done. It is finished. It only needed one sacrifice from you. What the blood and bulls couldn't do year after year for 1400 years, you did one time. And that's all that's needed. And that's all that's sufficient. So, Father, I thank you that we are here, we're standing here with the knowledge, Father, that we are covered under that one sacrifice once and for all, that our sin has been covered in that one sacrifice. I want to pray for us. If you're here today, just keep your eyes closed and your head bowed. If you're here today and you still believe that you need to give up something, you need to sacrifice something for God in order to win His favor. I want to pray for you. I hope that I made it clear and I just uh, and I gave you a, 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 a statement that says it's no longer needed. If that's you today and you're, you're in your mind of mind and in your heart of heart, you still 
thank you that you have given the Indian Father to speak to their hearts and begin to bring to that mentality. Remove, Father, that thinking. Remove, O oh Lord, that thinking that we can still satisfy you with something else. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. One more time. If you're here today and you've been hearing all of this, you've been hearing about this relationship with Christ, you've been, you've been, you've been enjoying that song, if you're here today and you have not made the decision to follow Christ, I also want to pray for you. And if that's you, I would not even ask you to raise your hand, but I just want you to pray with me. Okay? Let's go. Follow along with our pray. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross. And I acknowledge that I am a sinner. And I acknowledge that my sacrifices cannot take away my sin. Therefore, I look to Jesus, and I receive 